The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Welcome, everybody, to the Mental Sherpa Show with your host, Alexandra Janelli. Today, we're being joined by Neelam Singh, who is a colleague of mine down at the WeWork Network that I met through a mutual friend of ours who does some really interesting stuff. And I wanted to bring her on because, as many of you might not know, but you will know soon, I'm opening a whole wellness center of alternative practitioners within New York. And I started looking around of who did I want to have in my wellness center and to introduce the world to a different experience. And one of the things that came up was what Neelam does, which is Ayurvedic uh, practitioner. She's an Ayurvedic practitioner. And I had no idea really what that entailed. And the more I got to talk with her, the more interesting I found it. So Neelam, I wanted to say welcome and thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Of course. I was hoping you could start just by telling my listeners a bit about what it is you do uh, in its simplest form. Okay. Um, So just to give you some background on my story, um, I am actually, or you know, up till about two years ago, I was a full-time corporate attorney. Um, That's sort of how I made ends meet, and I still am a corporate attorney. Um, But about eight years into my career, I started to in my personal life just become more spiritual. Um, And I really started to realize it's important for me to focus on a career that sort of tapped into that spirituality and, you know, allowed me to sort of further that. Um, So I started to look towards other paths um, that involved that spirituality. And it was about three years ago that I was going through a very difficult um, time in my life where I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of emotions, and in addition to sort of upping my spiritual gain, um, I started to explore other alternative means of wellness and health to get myself right, and um, I had a natural connection to Ayurveda because I am of Indian descent, and Ayurveda has origins in the Hindu Vedas, um, which are the, the sort of religious scriptures. Um, but Ayurveda as practiced now, you know, although it came out of uh, Hinduism, there's a lot of practical application that can be utilized for even people that don't necessarily um, consider themselves Hindu. Wow. So my first question that comes up in my mind is, for you, how would you define the spirituality that sort of led you to this place? Yes. And then I'll ask my next one after that. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
So the spirituality was sort of interesting. You know, since my early 20s, I've always had, I was always very focused on what I put into my body. Um, I became a vegetarian at the age of 22, and then at the age of 32, I became a vegan. Um, so I already had this sort of subconscious understanding of how food, the food I put into my body, how it sort of affects my mental and physical well-being. And in terms of the spirituality I was tapping into, I started to recognize that by doing meditation and doing mantras and sort of um, doing yoga, I could enhance my mental well-being, which would then sort of have benefits on my whole life, including the physical. Um, so it's also, it was very natural that I was just trying to have a pure state of being where I just wanted to sort of expose my body to a lot of pureness and see where that would lead me in my journey. So spirituality for you in a lot of ways encompassed the body. Yes. Yes. And it also another part of my spirituality, which is very Ayurvedic, um, is just the fact that we're all connected as one. So you start to have this perception of where, because I can, I think especially now in the world where people are very focused on dividing mm -hmm. based on these superficial sort of things like color of skin and you know all that stuff, um, I started to really focus on the connection I feel to other people. And that connection has allowed me to just be more receptive to people and just understand people with more love, faith, and it's funny when that happens, right? I always tell people, as we've talked about in so many of my shows, that when you begin to shift your energy level to that, there's something bigger going on than just yourself. Call it transcending the ego, call it gratitude, call it connecting to the universe or God or spirituality. It feels so different and it, it feels so much more connected. And sometimes I call it even that inner human connectedness. So I love that you're sort of talking about this. It's funny how having hosted this radio show now 24, 25 times, the same things and themes seem to come up over and over, and that's definitely one of them, is yeah. that placement. And, and it's on a very subtle level, because if you were to tell me this six years ago, I would have thought you were crazy. Absolutely. Like, seriously. But now I start to realize, so the days that I feel most, so every morning I have a practice that I'll go into in more details, but my practice in the morning encompasses meditation and yoga and a little bit of chanting. And it's the days that I engage in that practice where I experience the world very differently that day than when I mm. did. It's almost like I'm more receptive and I feel that people perceive me in a very different way. So I have more positive exchanges with people and I just feel more fulfilled right. as a human being. And it's always nice to hear that because on the Mental Sherpa show, as we were talking about before we came on the air, was, you know, the mission is about understanding yourself at the core, being who you are so that you can show up differently and be received differently by the world around you. So it's, it's beautiful to know there are practices that can help people do this, whether it's sound therapy like we heard with Nate uh, last week or going to a psychologist or a life coach or you know, all the amazing people or even with your animal like we talked about with Dr. Dodman on the show who's an animal behaviorist um, it, it's really incredible and then my next question that had come up when you first started talking was can you tell me what is Ayurveda? Yes. <laughs> so Ayurveda is um, made up of two words Ayurveda and Veda and it's it, it literally translates to the knowledge of life. Um, and oh. it's a 
practice. So Ayurveda and yoga are sort of viewed as sister sciences. They both came from the Hindu scriptures, the Vedas. When yoga made its way to the West, for whatever reason, Ayurveda was sort of left behind. And, um, but the way it has been practiced in India has always been complementary. So people who practice yoga and Ayurveda are also eating you know, certain foods that are Ayurvedic and according to their dosha, which we'll get into in terms right. of what that means. Um, so, you know, and I'm starting to notice in the West, Ayurveda is actually making a return back um, in both India and it's also, you know, becoming more popular in the West as well. Wow. Yeah. And so if someone were to go, so you have a personal story of getting into this, of how it really helped you. Same as I sort of got into doing hypnotherapy because it was just like mind blowing. Can you, would you mind sharing a little bit of your story from, I mean, you're still in the corporate life, um, but into this practice? Um, So I think oftentimes in life, um, there are things that happen to us that at the time are viewed as bad, but they're not bad in hindsight. They're sort of our impetus for change. And I was experiencing one of the most, in my, in my opinion, one of the most traumatic relationship breakups of my life. Um, Been there. Yes. Yeah. Sounds, sounds very typical. <laughs> and I had a ridiculous amount of anxiety and fear about being alone. And, you know, mentally I was just in a really bad place. And, you know, at first I started to explore other forms of exercise, such as running, um, I tried speaking to professionals and nothing was really, there wasn't really much I was able to do to get myself out of this sort of mood. Um, and what ended up happening was I decided to sort of indulge my energy into uh, Ayurveda because it's something that I always had in the back of my mind. Um, you know, just through personal experiences, there has been family members who, you know, have explored Western sort of Western medicine to help them with certain ailments and they've reached a wall really quickly or after a really long period of time And it's right. only after going to an Ayurvedic practitioner that they were able to make headway on that on that end So and because I've always been very in conscious about the food that I put into my body and I've understand intuitively how the food you put into your body really does affect your mental and physical state sure. um, I just started to sort of throw my energy into this more And the most beautiful thing about this journey was I remember finding out very early in, you know, when I was studying Ayurveda, what my mind-body constitution was, which is something we'll go into. And within eight months of implementing certain protocols, because I realized I was completely eating wrong for my mind-body, I was able to get a much better um, grasp of my anxiety, and mentally I began to feel better. And to recognize or see the connection that the way the food changed my mental health sort of gave me the inspiration to just, I just became a believer and now I just It's funny, right? This. Yeah. How it happens, you're like, yes. wow, it touches your soul. Yes. Or something much deeper than yes. logic. It yes. just makes sense on an intuitive level. Yes. And so you went back for training to do this? I did. Um, I went to a program that was about a year and a half long. Okay. And I became certified as an Ayurvedic counselor. Um, and currently, 
So my sister, she's a yoga therapist. We started a company back in October called Prithvi Mata. And in this company, what we do is we, you know, we offer workshops, we offer educational, spiritual retreats, um, we do private consultations, but it's really giving people the tools to sort of gain control over their health. Because I think a lot of times in the West, a lot of our thinking is fear-based and a lot of it is so dependent on Western um, sort of health professionals and it could be a really scary thing. I, for a very long time, I didn't have health insurance and it was very scary to me to not be able to heal myself. And now, I, I'm not saying I can heal everything, but there's a lot of ailments that I now have a certain comfort level because I have mm. an understanding about it. That What I, type of thing? What type of ailments? Um, so, other than the anxiety and the mental issues, I have really bad heavy periods for a really long time, ever since I got my period at the age of 13. Um, and in the past four years, I can say that there are many times I, where I don't even realize that I have my period. The, the symptoms have, been, have changed so drastically. It's amazing. We just spoke with a couple episodes ago, Nicole Jardine, who actually experienced horrible periods mm -hmm. and went on to actually create a company called Fix Your Period. And she's a woman health counselor and nutritionist, and this is what she does too. It's it's incredible how there are people out there that need what you do, and they don't even realize that there are these things. So I love that you're out here talking with me about this yes. to get the message out into the universe that this is available to people, and that Western medicine isn't your only option anymore. Yes. And, you know, I will say that I, I understand the appeal with Western medicine. You need to have a lot of patience and discipline um, to utilize Ayurveda to treat a very serious ailment. Um, it's not a quick fix. But they always compare Western healing to Eastern healing. And they say that Eastern healing is very painful, the process, but at the end, you're like a whole new person. Where Western healing is sort of quick fixes, so mm -hmm. they're able to make you feel better um, pretty quickly, but within five years or ten years, there's all these other side effects that were sort right. of produced by the medicine. You're right, band-aids don't fix bullet holes. Yes, and nothing happens suddenly. Yes. So as quickly as you might have gotten the symptoms, they probably were a buildup and accumulation of something over a period of time that you have to sort of unwrap that knot. Agreed. In a lot yes. of ways. Um, that's a beautiful way to put it. I do think there's something to be said about the Eastern and Western, that there's both, but I do think in terms of just having gone through the <laughs> gamut of uh, the medical world, there is that we need to rule out what it's not first, which as a hypnotist is hysterical because you plant a seed in that person's mind. They're already in a highly altered state of anxiousness that to plant that seed of, it might be cancer. We just need to rule it out. It's like all they hear is it's cancer and then you start to panic over it. But it makes sense why the doctors do that. They need to rule out what it's not versus looking at the hole in a lot of ways too. Yeah. So And I do often I, I do really believe that what we think our fears and insecurities oftentimes manifest because the, that's sort of what we're putting out there. Definitely. Right? And I'm not saying we cause our own disease, but a lot of times it's our fear that becomes manifested and sort of reinforces our fear, right? I, and I wanted to break free of that cycle. Yeah, I mean, there's pain and there's perceived pain. I was just working with a gentleman who 
certainly had pain, but the more he thought about it and got stressed, the more it got, it intensified. And a lot of it was how do you begin to shift the perceived pain and begin to lessen that? I mean, getting a, getting a needle in your arm, yes, it hurts, but the more you look at it, it becomes intensified. And so it's all about how you begin to perceive things, shift things, change things, and create this amazing mind-body connection. Yeah. But who wants to be in their body when you're in pain? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, this is, this is true. But I think with pain, a lot of times, it's just detaching ourselves from the emotion, right? That in of itself is doing something to make the pain not go away, but more manageable. And I, as we talked about in episode three with Dr. Nadia Friedman, we talk about emotional intolerance and emotional tolerance, how we don't want to feel those negative emotions, but when you don't, they get stuck and they build up and they manifest. And that's sort of what I'm hearing you say. Um, So Neelam, when we come back from the break, what we're going to hopefully dive into a bit is a little bit more about Ayurveda, uh, what happens in a treatment, and uh, we'll go from there. Great. All right. So we'll be right back from the break. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit betaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. We go through all kinds of challenges in life. How we deal with them is a different story. If we carry them on our shoulders, we can experience health problems, relationship issues, and other negative aspects these challenges can pose. Jeanette Abney's Precious Predicaments is here to help you pick up and sort out the pieces through education and encouragement. You don't have to live in fear and pain. Let's find solutions together. Precious Predicaments is heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to ajanelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Metal Sherpa Show. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, here with Neelam Singh, who's an Ayurveda practitioner. Uh, Neelam, can you tell us a bit about what hap- what is our what happens in a treatment? Like, how do you treat someone? Okay. Give us some basics. Yep. Um, so the, there's two premises of Ayurveda, which I think are sort of central. So the one premise is that just like the universe is made up of five elements, which are ether, air, fire, earth, and water, so are our bodies. And each human being, because we are unique, we're comprised of these elements in different proportions. Okay. And based on how we're these, you know, the proportion of these elements um, that comprise our bodies, that's really what we should we should focus on foods and engage in daily practices that sort of maintain this balance. Okay. It's, it's when we sort of aggravate these proportions or aggravate certain elements or even you know, um, decrease certain elements that we become off balance and that eventually will lead to sickness or disease. So from an Ayurvedic perspective, um, the theory is that we each come into this world with a different proportion of these five elements and they manifest in one of three ways. And that's what we call mind-body constitutions, otherwise known as doshas. So there's uh, vata, there's pitta, and there's kapha. So vata is comprised of air and ether, pitta is comprised of fire and water, and kapha is comprised of earth and water. And again, we all have these elements just in different proportions. Got it. So for instance, I am a typical Vata Pitta person. So body-wise, I know your guests cannot see me, but I'm pretty tall and I'm pretty lanky. Um, And that's, you know, that's a true, that's sort of a true Vata body because it's air and space. So we're into a lot of movement. We're very fast moving, fast thinking. Um, and when we're balanced, you know, bhattas can be uh, very intelligent and very flexible, but when we're imbalanced, you can, we can become, um, have a lot of anxiety and basically become just overwhelmed with fear. Hmm. So that, you know, going back to the situation four years ago where I felt a lot of anxiety, you know, that to me, in hindsight, looking back, was my bhatta had severely elevated. Right, it's a major button imbalance. And the imbalances can happen due to environmental factors, um, physical factors, food. Can... Yes. Okay. Yes. So we all come into this world with a certain proportion of these elements, which uh, in our field is known as your prakriti. And then your vikriti is your current state of balance. So an Ayurvedic consultation, what a Ayurvedic practitioner do, would do is first they determine what your prakriti is, how you came into this world. And the way they do that's really neat. It's, it's three techniques. It's um, you know questionnaire assessment, it's a pulse diagnosis, and it's a tongue, tongue analysis. So similar to Chinese medicine yes. in a lot of ways, looking yes. at the tongue. Yes. The which, tongue. yes, everybody has different looking tongues. Yes. It's amazing. And yeah, and you know, they, from an Ayurvedic and even Chinese medicine perspective, the whole body can be mapped out on the tongue when there's a concept in Ayurveda called ama, which is toxins. And based, the toxins are sort of a thick white coating that covers different portions of your tongue. And based on where that coating is, you can, you can essentially figure out um, what organs need cleansing and what organs are gonna be impacted. And the beautiful thing about Ayurveda is you can, it sort of tells a lot about your past, right? So from a diagnosis, I can tell 
your birth date, which is how you came into this role. I can also tell your current state of being, and I can also tell, um, almost predict what future ailments you're going to have based on the imbalances I'm seeing. That so, could be scary. Yeah, it could be scary, but... Um, but luckily you're there to fix that. It can be powerful, empowering as well. Right. right. So, you know, and in different stages of our life, we're at different sort of, we're at different phases. So we enter the Vata stage older, you know, as we age in life. So when you enter your 60s, you're entering Vata stage. So someone like me who's already Vata, right? And now if I'm not managing my Vata and then I'm in my 60s, um, you know, if you think of, if you think of a Vata imbalance, a lot of Vata happens in the bones. So I know that I need to manage my Vata now because I have the potential to get arthritis and um, sort of bone injuries, maybe my hip, I might need a hip replacement. Jeez. So, yeah, so these are things, it's a, it, yeah, it's an amazing sort of practice because it's so multidimensional. Right. Um, and it's very, it's very telling. How yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it starts with a client or patient um, coming in and you're going to first figure out their makeup. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to figure out their perkrithi. Um, and then, and sh- you know, the, people's perkrithi oftentimes is determined by, you know, the time and place that you're born, um, the mother's state of mind and the father's state of mind at the time of conception, the mother's state of mind during her pregnancy, um, mm-hmm. the father's state of mind. And that's another thing that I think is a bit unique with Ayurvedic. I'm not well versed on other alternative practices, but um, from an Ayurvedic perspective, you know, there's certain things that we should be doing even before we conceive to sort of bring in I'm these sure. conscious enlightened beings. Well, I was just, when we were talking with Nate, the sound therapist, he was saying, you know, even being in the womb, your body, your bones um, will carry sound. The fluid, the embryonic fluid that the baby is in is carrying sound. Yes. And yes. so you're a conductor of all of that, plus the emotions and the chemicals and the, you know, the whole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is incredible when you sort of see the bigger picture. Maybe are we going zoomed in? I'm not sure. But <laughs> it's yeah, incredible. No, it, it is incredible. Um, so, you know. When I see a patient, when I see a client, essentially I'm determining their Burkhardt and then I, you know, I'm able to determine their Burkhardt just based on, you know, certain questionnaires about their digestion and about other other ailments they they might be experiencing, and oftentimes we become off balance because we're not eating because we don't know what our dosha is, so we're not eating to sort of balance our dosha. Um, you know, environmental factors, stresses that we face, bad traumatic experiences. Horrible magazines that tell you never to eat carbs yes. again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so all of, all of this really affects how we, you know, the way we came into this world. Um, and then, you know, a lot, the most important from the, from the client's perspective is um, just understanding how to go about bringing back that balance. And, you know, I, I utilize a variety of techniques, um, you know, depending on the imbalance and the extent of the imbalance, you know, I can recommend dietary choices that they should be making, um, herbal supplements, uh, mantras that they should be doing, you know, if there's a need where I feel like yoga, specific yoga or asanas will do well, I, I'll involve my sister in that aspect. Um, so it's sort of this holistic, comprehensive 
um, list of various things that can be done to bring someone back into balance. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it's really about feeding and nourishing yourself in these other ways. Yes. Versus getting stuck with a needle or taking a pill or yep. having us talk to your mind. Yeah. And the most beautiful thing about Ayurveda is just how intuitive it is. Everything that was taught to me was something that on some level I understood. So for instance, um, let's talk about Vata again. And I'm mentioning Vata because New York City is a very Vata place. Um, how so? So Vata again is air and space. When you think of the qualities of air and space, you think of movement, you think of rapid, you think of cold, you think of dry, you think of rough. Right. So people who are high in Vata in their body, these are the attributes that they're naturally, they naturally have. So a Vata person may have um, drier hair, you know, they may have drier skin, um, they may, you know, again, suffer from anxiety, or they may, it may be hard for them to focus because they have a lot of, you know, air in them, a right. lot of movement. And New York City has, you know, the propensity to aggravate everyone's butta because there's, you know, it's overstimulation galore. Right. Right. So um, people in the city need to be especially, you know, especially conscious of taking measures to sort of lower their butta. Um, and, and it's amazing, again, just to go into the intuitive nature of things. So there are certain days, for whatever reason, just stresses in life, lack of sleep. I don't feel at my... 10 game. I feel a little more anxious in other days. And what I will do is I will eat foods that have the opposing qualities of vata, right? Okay. So heavy, earthy foods, like kapha-like foods, like grains and root vegetables. Um, and I will notice a difference where I become to feel more grounded. Huh. Um, I'm not as, I'm more able to concentrate, I have more clarity, I'm not as anxious. So... In terms of feeling more grounded, right? There's this airy, anxious sort of state. Is that why, hypothetically speaking, people might crave like an earth vegetable, like rice and more of the carb-heavy stuff? Mm -hmm. Yes, and Ayurveda addresses bad cravings and good cravings. Okay. So people who are super in touch with their bodies um, may crave something, and that's... uh, from an Ayurvedic perspective could be because they're noticing that they're missing something. So for instance, you know, the, the, uh, a vata aggravated person, the um, flavors that pacify vata are sweet, sour, and salty. Bitter, astringent, and pungent <laughs> aggravate vata. Um, and so someone who has a sweet tooth, right? It may just be the need, even though we think of chocolate as being comfort food, there is something to this, right? Sure. When you're feeling anxious, you have a piece of chocolate. And, you know, the way, I'm not saying that one piece of chocolate may necessarily um, change your mood, but doing a bunch of butter conscious sort of yes during the day may allow you to sort of manage your emotions better and manage your mental state. How interesting. Food really is a medicine. Yes. Or a poison, depending which way you look at it. Okay, so people come in, and what is, in terms of how many times do you work with someone? Is it once? Is it for years? So, I, you know, I, I leave that really up to um, the client as well as 
understanding, I sort of tailor that to the client. There's some clients who are super disciplined and don't need me to constantly follow up. If I give them a list of protocols a month later, I will check in and they will say, I adopted almost every single year of protocols. I'm having no issues with it. There's other clients who, you know, just for practical matters um, or whatever reason, because, you know, they're dosha, they have a harder time implementing. And those are the clients that I feel I need to see a lot more. Okay. Um, so initially, you know, the initial consultation is usually two sessions, and they last about an hour and a half each. Wow. And then afterwards, it can be on a weekly or bi-monthly basis, depending on the client. Okay. And it's usually for a period of four months, depending on what ailment needs to be addressed. Got it. A minor ailment, you should be able to see a difference by changes in food protocols and even taking herbs within four months. What would a minor ailment be compared to a major ailment? Yes. Um, so I, I would consider insomnia sort of. A lot of people come to me with insomnia as being... It's tricky to treat. I mean, a lot of people come to me mostly anxiety related, yes. but... yes. And even, you know, it's interesting because you can have a vata aggravated insomnia and you can have a pitta aggravated insomnia. And pitta, again, just to go back, yep. is... So pitta is um, fire and water. Okay. So pitta people, mentally, when they're balanced, they are very intelligent and they're, they exhibit a lot of leadership qualities and they're very focused, they're very analytical, um, an imbalanced pitta person where they have too much heat in them can be overly critical, judgmental, angry. I was going to um, say, I think of fire in terms yes. of when you were first saying they're leaders and this, I'm like, kind of going with fire, going right towards like angry and aggressive. And imbalanced pitta. And right. imbalanced. Right. Okay. Because fire can be very helpful, just yes. not when it's raging out of control. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so a vata imbalance insomnia is essentially where someone has a really hard time falling asleep. And that usually is a result of anxiety yep. um, and the spaciness, that sort of rambling thoughts. Um, a pitta aggravated insomnia, the person has no issue falling asleep, it's that they keep waking up at night. And the reason why they're waking up could be disturbing dreams. Um, and Future thinking. Yes. Something pending. Yes. And so a lot of times that's understanding that one ailment can be the result of a different aggravation of dosha, and that requires different protocols. I don't know if that's how the West treats things, um, but a butta... Well, no, a, they give it Ambien. Yeah. <laughs> Just take an Ambien. Yeah. yeah Melatonin. From an Ayurvedic perspective. And there's things that are, you know, you, I had a client once come to me, um, I'm trying to remember her exact ailments, but it was just amazing how lowering her vata was able to get rid of her insomnia, ringing in her ears, and a, I, want, I don't want to call it arthritis, but joint issues in her hand. Wow. And they're all attributed to an aggravated vata. So in terms of titness, or t ringing in the ears, titness? Yes. Tinnitus, titness? Yes. That can be potentially treated through what you do. Yes. So that ear ringing, that's a lot of prana in your head. So Meaning prana being? So prana in an Ayurvedic perspective is life force and energy. Um, but prana is also a subdosha. Each of the three doshas has subdoshas. Oh, goodness. Okay. That are kind of governed 
they govern different portions of your body. So prana really governs your mind. And mm. if you have too much prana, like too much energy in your head, that or aggravated vata, that will lead to ear ringing a lot of times. It's like steam coming out of your ears. Mm-hmm. And it's making that whistling. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Well, when we come back, Neelam, from the break, we're going to continue talking with you about your practice and maybe even get some tips and tools that people can begin to practice uh, from the home. So we'll be right back, everybody. When you see someone... Are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. The Compassionate Life is about just that. There are so many human beings who have made a name for themselves by being humanitarians. They have become individuals who are known for being selfless, kind, and compassionate. Host Dr. Brittany King is also one of these humanitarians. Each week, she shares stories of kindness that she has experienced throughout the world, both as a contributor and recipient of these acts of love and kindness. Listen every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Metal Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, here with Neelam Singh, who's a Ayurvedic practitioner. Neelam, you've been talking a lot about different ailments and things that people come in with. One of the things that I see a lot in my office that people complain about is digestion, stomach issues. In my practice, we call that body talk uh, a symptom of stress, uh, more specifically guilt and frustration that can be carried around in the stomach. And so it's not finite, but it's something we look into in terms of people's past. But I was hoping you could maybe talk about it from the Ayurvedic point of view. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the there's this concept in Ayurveda um, that we all have 
good health or optimal health in Ayurveda is balanced doshas. In addition to balanced doshas, it's also having a very strong agni. And this word agni is your digestive fire. And from an Ayurvedic perspective, they say that all disease is a result of pure, poor agni or weak agni or hyperactive agni. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, your agni is your digestive fire and there's, based on what your dosha is, there's a propensity for your agni to act down in certain ways. So someone who has a vata predominant um, prakriti coming into this world may have a more variable agni. So meaning, you know, their, their appetite levels are more variable, they don't have regular elimination, um, you know, they, they don't eat their meals consistently because they're not hungry at the same times each day. Um, and then you have someone who has a pitta type agni, which because of the heat could actually burn through food really quickly, so they're actually hmm. not absorbing and digesting the nutrients they need. Wow. And then you have kapha agni, which is um, a slow digestion. Because think of kapha as being earthy and water. So kapha people usually are heavier, not necessarily fatter, just more bigger boned mm -hmm. and um, sort of wider, bigger structured. But they tend to have lower agni uh, as well, like slower agni, where they're not digesting the food quick enough, so they're also putting on weight, and they, you know, that can lead to high cholesterol, obesity. Um, high blood pressure and that sort of things. Wow. Yeah. So there. So Agni is a very important perspective in the Ayurvedic um, framework, and a lot of times the protocols center around strengthening your Agni. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? What does strengthening your Agni mean? Um, so there's there's various things that we can do to sort of strengthen our Agni. So one thing that we can do is we can, um, the first thing that I do in the morning upon waking up after oil pulling and brushing my teeth. What's oil pulling? Okay, we can talk about that. Yeah, talk let's about talk that. about okay. this. Okay, so oil pulling is something that came from the Vedas. And essentially, now I'm start, starting to see a coconut oils becoming popular to oil pull with, but the Vedas traditionally recommended sesame oil. Okay. And not toasted sesame oil. Regular sesame Just oil. Yes. And so basically you take a tablespoon of sesame oil and you hold it in your mouth for about 10 to 15 minutes. And the concept is when you sleep, there's all this bacteria that sort of um, occurs in your mouth and your throat area. And what the oil pulling does is by keeping this oil in your mouth, the oil is actually attracting this bacteria to the oil. So that at the end of the 15 minute period, when you spit that out, you're spitting out all the bacteria that goes with it. And this, there have been studies that I was going to ask that. I was going to yes. say, my God, the studies of what's in that must be foul. Yes. So not so much of what's in that. I haven't actually looked at the studies of what's in that, but they have, um, the studies that they look at basically show a correlation with improving gum and teeth issues. So cavities, gingivitis, and that sort of thing. Which each of your teeth, if you look at holistic dentistry, is connected to a different organ and part of your body. So if you're having digestion issues, it's probably one, I think it's one of your back molars and so forth from there. That's really interesting. Yep. Yeah. So I think from, um, you know, from that perspective, the, the concept of oil pulling you know, and it's, it's funny because I'll oil pull, like if I think I'm getting a flu or I feel itchiness in my throat, I'll actually oil pull through three or four times a day. 
And I really think, I end up not getting sick usually, and I really think a large part of that is oil pulling. And I think it's uncomfortable for people at first because sesame oil, as much as we like the flavor, it's thick and it can be intense holding it in your mouth. That's hard. I've gargled with coconut oil and it's hard to keep it in your mouth for that long. It tastes pretty gross. Yes. And 15 minutes. Yes. Can you start with like five and build up? So you could, but I think what they say is 15 minutes is what it takes for the bacteria to, to move. Be, yes, exactly. Um, so I don't know if you'd actually get a benefit for doing it for five minutes. And then importantly, you can't do it for a super long time because the bacteria could then repenetrate back into your mouth. Got it. Yeah. Now, in terms of is that doing it every day for a set period of time? Or yeah, is that a lifetime doing commitment? doing it every day forever. Yeah. Every and day I tell forever. you, once you start the habit, it is hard to not oil pull every day. Your mouth feels so much cleaner and mm. so much fresher. Um, and it helps with the, you know, just the teeth, you know, sort of maintaining your teeth because as we age again and we enter butta stage, that's also deteriorating. Wow. So, you know, I do think it's a, one of the most important practices that I've implemented on a daily basis and, wow. I, and I see benefits. And the second most important, uh, practice that I've implemented on a daily is for my acne, which is after you oil pull and brush your teeth, it's to drink a glass of warm water. Um, and it doesn't have to be boiling, but it, something hotter than room temperature. Because the concept is but this warm water will sort of restart your acne or your digestive fire okay. and get it ready for what's coming. And I think the Japanese drink tea after a meal. Yes. Yes, and I noticed in the past two years they were actually recommending drinking lemon water a yep. half hour before you eat as a way of speeding up your digestion system. Sure. And I'm sure there's other cultures that do this, but that's very Ayurvedic to do that. Hmm. Yeah. And I now that I'm starting my whole wellness center and putting a Himalayan salt room into it, I've been actually playing around with Himalayan salt too. They say to just even rinse your mouth with that. But even doing a Soleil, which is a... Himalayan salt drink which is you put the salt in there enough that it dissolves into the water so the osmosis it's like a perfect balance just a teaspoon of that salt water a day helps balance hormones and that's neat mm -hmm, yeah. flush the system pull the yeah. toxins out yeah. and I have to say I felt so much better doing it too oh. and I know some people do the apple tablespoon of apple cider vinegar yep. a day as well as sort of a cleansing detoxifying thing yeah yeah so yeah. what else can people do, do to strengthen their agni okay or anything okay okay so i'm going to talk to i'm going to talk about agni because i think i've noticed that there's things that we do here in this country as i'm sure other countries um that actually could disrupt our agni so even the concept of eat, drinking liquids while we eat food um you know ideally it's better to wait a half hour before or after okay. to drink water to consume anything. Um, and the reason for that is, if you think of your agni as being this digestive fire, even if it's warm water and you're throwing warm water on a fire, you're putting it out, right? right. So we're, we're eating food and we're trying to digest it in a way that we're extracting the nutrients and we're allowing it to go through our body, um, yet we're dampening the mechanism that's allowing us to do that, right? right? So That makes sense. So that's sort of one thing. And then the other thing I noticed is um, I used to snack a lot. Like I needed to eat every one to two hours. I'm a grazer. Mm -hmm. 
And now I've sort of shifted the way I think, and I really only, you know, I might have a three o'clock or four o'clock snack, but I really just focus on eating my main meals, or if I do snack, I leave at least two hours between meals. Um, and from an Ayurvedic perspective, your body gets confused because they're, they have food that it's been digesting for some time, and there's new food coming in, and the old food, because there's new food in your body, it's not allowing the old food to sort of pass on to the next stage. So the old food is just now fermenting in your body, which is causing toxins. Which is a little counterintuitive, just maybe I'm not hearing it correctly, to the idea of eating every three hours to keep the metabolism burning. Mm -hmm. So it's really don't do, in, in terms of Ayurveda. Because Ayurveda, of the mixture of... It's eat your meal, don't eat again. It's almost like... Yes, yes then eat another meal so you're feeding the system in gulps yep kind of so essentially you're allowing the prior meal to be fully digested before you consume anything else and the digestion process takes hypothetically those four hours um well digestion actually takes way longer than that but, but in terms first, of the path the phase yes, yes okay exactly. all right so what's not okay so eat your meals and yep make sure you're consistent yep. And then there is this concept um, that I think is especially interesting with the energetics of food. So, you know, the concept with Ayurveda is we should be consuming food that's high in prana, high in this light energy. Um, and what is food that's high in prana? Well, it's locally, it's locally, you know, local food, freshly picked food. It's leftover. It's not eating leftovers. It's eating organic food. Um, it's eating foods that, you know may not necessarily have a negative karma that comes along with that and interpret that with as you may but you know there there is this concept in Ayurveda that um, they do recommend that being lacto-vegetarian um, you know not everyone who's Ayurvedic a lot of Ayurvedic people who practice Ayurvedic do eat meat so that's not an absolute requirement but they but Ayurveda does recognize this concept of prana and food and hmm. when you're consuming dead animals, you may not necessarily be getting food that's high in prana. Wow. Um, so there is this concept. And then the other interesting thing is there are certain foods that can promote our mental clarity. And these are foods that are suffix. So um, just real quick, there's three mental attributes to food. There's suffix, tamasic, and rajasic. So suffix is very pure, light, um, goodness. Uh, rajasic is very passionate. Like gets you all riled up. And like an oyster. Yes. <laughs> and then tamasic is more, it sort of dulls you out, makes you lethargic. And it's not to say that we don't need these states at different periods of the day. For instance, if I want to be super creative or I need to think of a legal issue in a novel way, I want to have something that's rajasic, right? I want something that's going to motivate me to think in a certain way. At night, I want to have foods, you know, not necessarily foods, but I want to be tamasic. I want to be lethargic. I right. want to wind down. Um, and it's amazing to see that there are certain few foods, mostly organic vegetables, but also like ghee, um, that are suffix. And that's what a lot of Indian foods cooked with is ghee, right? It's, yes. It's vegetable short. So it's clarified butter. So Got it's it. essentially just um, separating the fat particles from the water particles oh. and extracting the water out, and the what you're left with is ghee. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. And so as we begin to sort of wrap up here, we just have a couple minutes left. How can people find you if they want to work with you? How do you, do you work with people only in New York? Can you work with people overseas? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I have worked with people overseas before. The only disadvantage to that is as much as with modern technology, I can analyze your tongue over Skype or something of that sort, it's hard to do the pulse diagnosis. I would imagine. Yes. So oftentimes <laughs> it's me telling the client where to put her fingers and having her describe to me what she's feeling. Sure. But keep in mind that pulse diagnosis, there's seven layers, and it took me sort of a while to become comfortable with the layers. Sure. So it's hard to expect someone. To get it right. Right, with me just instructing them. Now you said her to get the pulse right. Do you work with only women or do you work with no, men too? I absolutely work with men. Okay. Um, men and women. Um, I had a particular client in mind, which is why I Oh, fair you. enough. Got it. Um, yep. But in terms of, I love the in-person, you know, interaction because sure. I think there's a lot that you can see just from the way someone's communicating with you. And I do think that, you know, anytime you pick a practitioner or someone who you're looking to for healing, it's really important that there's this energy and the energy's not there. Uh, your faith in the person being able to heal you could sort of, if you don't have that faith, it can actually impact your your treatment or, you know, your wellness. That's like theta healing, um, I, which I just did. Someone uh, with Mia Moore, who is on the show, we did a little theta hearing, healing. She's trained in theta. She's like, but you have to believe in something higher than yourself, too, mm-hmm. in order for it to work. Agreed. Yes. And I have refused... Um, I have refused working with certain clients because I felt like perhaps they weren't going to be receptive to my healing. Interesting. It's not, it's, it's counterproductive. It's not a way, it's not like it's a waste, but it's not a good use of my energy in helping the person. And it's not a good intro for this person to have into Ayurveda because if they don't have the faith, it's not going to work. And this is what they're going to take away from Ayurveda. Right. So I'd rather just have the person approach me when, in their journey, they're feeling a calling for it. And in terms of your website where people can look you up? Yes. So it's prithvimatha.com, and I understand that's hard. <laughs> Might want to spell um, it out here. You can always find it on the uh, website, too. Yep. It does. It, you know, there is a reason for this. It, it, it means Mother Earth in Sanskrit, um, and it was really important, my sister and I, uh, when we started this company to incorporate a lot of our heritage and culture from India into our business um, because we have a lot of respect and appreciation to, you know, I'm not Hindu, I'm Sikh, but um, we do have a lot of, you know, I have a lot of appreciation and gratitude for what Hinduism has given us in this respect. Um, so Prithvi Matha is P-R-I-T-H-V-I-M-A-T-A.com. Um, and you can, my, my email info is on there and my phone number is on there. Um, I am, I'm very responsive to emails, but feel free to reach out via phone. I love talking to people. So. Wonderful. Well, Neelam, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I can't wait to come work with you myself and have you over at the Wellness Center. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> still trying to get her in. Um, and to all my listeners, have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you might be. Thank you again for tuning into Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. 
Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.